What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Retro Encounter. Today is a very, very special episode. A little bit different than normal. We did this last year where we celebrated BlizzCon with a very special episode. And how can I talk about Blizzard games without mentioning Exclusive? Hi, everybody. We're doing this again. Uh, I think BlizzCon last year was our maybe our first bonus round. Because it was we were just trying out that concept. But now we've had like ten bonus rounds. And uh, we just spent more than that. Yeah, probably. I, I haven't. I'm, I'd have to check a list. But we uh, are. I mean, BlizzCon rolled around again, and we're still excited to talk about it again. So uh, yeah, we're doing the BlizzCon bonus round again. And uh, man, I'm I'm excited to start talking about it. Where, where do you want to start? I guess two caveats. One um, is only the end of day one. We wanted to get this out to you guys as quickly as possible. Right. So we're recording after day one. Um, so if anything crazy happens on day two. We don't know, so... Yeah, I, uh, uh, there will be some more extra details on day two. I know during one of the Diablo panels, they mentioned they were going to tell us more about the necromancer skills during uh, day two. Spoiler alert, there's a necromancer. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, spoiler uh, alert for the later in the podcast. <laughs> sure, spoiler alert for 45 minutes later when we talk about Diablo. <laughs> but the... Uh, um, the bulk of what they talked about was in, or the bulk of the reveals were in, even in just the first keynote speech, which was uh, earlier today. And uh, so we're going to post this episode a few days after recording it, which is a much faster turnover than usual. Yeah, second caveat, which oh, is okay. not a caveat, is we're going to try to go basically in the order that the conference went, and or at least the order that we remember the conference going in, right? Okay. which is uh, World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Overwatch, Heroes of the Storm, Hearthstone, and then Diablo. And it's um, you know it's kind of crazy to think from 1998 to 2011, Blizzard had three series and were still one of the biggest computer game companies in the world, and now they're at six series and they're still one of the biggest computer game companies in the world. It's they they've just they're just way more diverse now than they were as recently as five years ago. Well, and that was the so there, well, first of all. They're not even just a computer company anymore. You look yeah, at I, I know, Diablo yeah. and Hearthstone and Overwatch; like they are taking over everything. Um, that, that, that's being—I was being very unfair, but I still think of no. them as a as a PC gaming company. Oh, absolutely, yeah. they are. But and that was the thing that really struck me is, like, you start—they start going through all these dates, like it, twenty-five years, twenty years, ten years. Um, so twenty-five for Blizzard, twenty for Diablo, ten for BlizzCon. And it's just like all of a sudden it just really like starts to strike you that like I didn't even play Diablo when I was a kid. I was one of those kids that wasn't allowed to play it. First of all, because I didn't really have a PC and then my mom was like, you're not playing a game that's called the devil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I played it at but, a friend's house for the first time. And right. He and, had, it, and he had he had played it a little bit already and he wanted to see me try it. And I, and I thought it was pretty cool. I, uh, I I played as the as the sorcerer character and stumbled around, didn't really know how to didn't control his magic well. But my friend ha- had me do that with the sole purpose of having me frightened by the butcher on the second floor, <laughs> and I yeah. I yelped like a tiny puppy w- when yeah. that thing killed me, and I was actually kind of afraid of Diablo for a year. This is maybe when I was ten. <laughs> well, that's that's what I was going to get to. Is so I didn't play Diablo one. I've never played, touched Diablo one. I uh, dabbled Diablo two at a friend's house, mm-hmm. um, and I would have been third grade. Um, mm-hmm. something like that. But it was one of those things. Like it, it like that really struck me. Of, cause I remember those like, like little kid moments, you know. And 
you fast forward so many years later and it's still something that's relevant. It's still something that I actually care about. I'm interested in. Um, and it just like, there is a sense of nostalgia there when we're not even talking about, I mean, we kind of talked, they talked about old things, but like there's a history there that makes like, it like adds to the mystique that is blizzard. I don't know. And I, I thought they did a really good job playing that up in the keynote. Yeah, I I don't have memories of Blizzard going back to their earliest games either. I mean, I mean uh, the first one I played, uh, the per- first Blizzard game I played was Warcraft 2, and I tried Diablo at my friend's house uh, after I had only been playing Warcraft 2 for a short time. And you know, over the years I played almost all of their stuff. The I I never got into WoW cuz I don't like MMOs, and I didn't get into StarCraft 2 because I had a zillion games to play when StarCraft 2 was coming out with each of its games. But still, Blizzard is one of the like most important companies to my to, you know, building up uh my history with video games. And Diablo is one of my lifelong game obsessions ever since I got seriously into Diablo 2 when I was in high school, which would have been the early 2000s. So it is it is super fun seeing how big they have become, and seeing this, they have their own big marquee event every year, which explains their lack of showings at E3, uh, to a degree. And, yeah, that, that open, that, the first five or ten minutes of that keynote, when they went into the, when they went through the 25 years of Blizzard history, was uh, sort of nostalgic and impressive at the same time. Although I have to, I did notice they didn't really show any images from, or uh, gameplay from Rock and Roll Racing because all of the classic rock songs that they have in that game yeah. would, make, would make it impossible to license. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, so I guess after we got that, we, we really started delving in. They just went in order. They started bragging about yes. uh, Warcraft. They um, specifically the movie, which complete side note because we talked about it a lot last year. Mm-hmm. I actually watched the movie like a week ago. I watched it in theaters last year. Oh, good uh, for you. Maybe not right when it came out, but a, a within a few weeks. True fan. Um, <laughs> well, I, I also mentioned I've never played World of Warcraft, so I don't that's, know. That's a good point. I don't know how true a fan I am. So I, I guess, complete aside before you actually delve into this, what did you think of it as somebody that didn't play WoW? Well, um, I mean, the the movie was mostly the events of Warcraft 1. So I was, uh, I was familiar, and because I played plenty of two and three, I was familiar with characters like Lothar and Medivh, uh, and Gul'dan, because I think like every Warcraft game, you have to find Gul'dan's skull, basically. Yeah, Gul'dan's uh, always dying and coming back to life. Yeah. So I, I was familiar with most of the names, if not all of them, and I thought that, uh, I, I thought that parts of it were really good. Like the uh, um, some of the the one of the end scenes where they have Lothar uh, fighting one of fighting an orc in some like in like an orcish ritual was pretty cool, and I would have liked yeah, yeah uh, I think so yeah, and I think I would have liked to see more of the orcish tribal stuff more, because I just found the orcs more interesting than the humans. But uh, when they tried to go for higher fantasy stuff like the. Uh, uh, the, the magic rituals Medivh was doing and the all the human politics stuff that was hap- that uh, was happening in the big council scenes just seemed like it didn't really it didn't really ring with uh, I, I wasn't impressed by it I, I I thought that it felt like a slightly generic fantasy movie and I enjoyed seeing some characters I recognized and I thought the orcs were cool but I would not say it's as good it's definitely not as good as say, a Lord of the Rings, even though they were going for a Lord of the Rings level of scale. 
So it's funny that you mentioned Lord of the Rings. So I had originally brought it up because without, I was hoping that you didn't have the background because I felt like they did a really terrible job, like explaining what was going on. Oh yeah, no, I um, they expected you to play the games or at least know the lore. Um, I, I didn't even realize that Lothar was the main char- was the guy that died in Warcraft Two until like the cast until like the, the, the credits rolled. Um, but I was watching it with my wife and she was super lost. Um, but the one thing she said before she walked out of the room because she was done with it was, "It looks like they're trying to do Lord of the Rings with a little bit of Game of Thrones, and they're not even close to as good as either." Um, which That's I thought a, was mm-hmm. actually a really good comment. It, it is, and I, I totally agree. Um, but I kind of walked away from it. I was pleasantly surprised. I came in with low expectations, which helped, but I was overall happy with it, and I was happy for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get back to the conference, when we were going through our predictions, which we were we did okay on, um, one of the predictions I should have pointed out, and I, I was still like expecting this, is I thought they were going to tease or announce or mention that they were going to do a second movie. And you know, um, I I didn't really think of that before the show, but as they were showing the Warcraft stuff, and they mentioned how successful Warcraft right. had been with, uh, we have this many subscribers, and the movie was hugely successful last year. While he was saying that, I thought, oh, maybe they'll show a, a trailer for the next Warcraft movie. I, yeah. I, I it, the way he was setting it up, it, you know, I half expected it, but it never came. Right, and I was, uh, I was both. I was disappointed because they did such a good build-up, but I also kind of disappointed. The movie was good enough that I'm interested enough to see what they will do with it. Um, I, I, I'm hoping they learn kind of from their mistakes and they can just... I mean, it was their first stab at doing a movie. Um, but yeah, and, so and that, it's, that, it's a good director. It was... Uh, um, uh, Duncan Jones directed it. Right. Uh, and he and he's, and he uh, he directed Moon and a bunch of other uh, very good very good movies. So like, I know that there's talent there and passion there, but I, I, I felt like the first Warcraft movie was a little underwhelming and may, and like you said maybe us maybe they could learn from their mistakes and m- learn from their mistakes and have a better second go of it but we don't know yet it's uh yeah. they they mentioned that the movie was successful during the keynote but that was it yeah which I took it as we'll do this eventually um but they uh they easily transitioned from Warcraft to World of Warcraft um mm-hmm. and they they're, uh, I, well, um, they they didn't have much to announce with about Warcraft. No, it, there's, it, well, there's nothing going on right now. Yeah, it actually reminded me of uh, their presence with Diablo last year because last year Diablo didn't have anything on the main stage, but during the panels they announced a bunch of uh, free content coming with patches, and that's what Warcraft is in now. They didn't have anything huge to announce, but there is a significant number of things coming in above average sized patches like they're uh, yeah they had their major patch for return to Karazhan. yeah and then they tease stuff in in upcoming patches uh that are coming soon in upcoming patches so that, like there's warcraft stuff happening but nothing that was big enough to have any real presence on the main stage yeah yeah so i mean when we're not I've played a bunch of WoW, but I have not played it recently in the last like couple expansions. So we're not the people to go to for WoW. <laughs> right, and again, um, I've, I've never played. Uh, I've never played WoW, or um, I've, I've played one MMO in my whole life, but it's it's not really uh, something I'm very familiar with. But they did a very good job making sure that there wasn't really anything for us to have to try to cover. Um, it was. I actually. We, I, I kind of we we assumed because Legion just came out recently that there wouldn't be, but it was still I. I surprised because it was kind of a ho-hum start like you have warcraft movie nothing to come off of it warcraft world of warcraft 
again, not really anything because we're between expansions and we're not going to announce the next one. Um, and I, I felt like that same kind of lack of energy transition into StarCraft where they're like, yeah, we, we, we still got StarCraft. That, that's a thing. Yeah, they announced they were continuing doing those Nova co-op mission packs. And then they immediately trans- transitioned into um, an artificial intelligence scientist coming out talking about how they're looking at uh, StarCraft for um, uh, AIs to, for improving AI technology. And then that, that was it. It was <laughs> they they spent even less time on StarCraft than Warcraft, even though uh, Warcraft didn't have a major announcement. Yeah, it was that was so as like. An analyst and a tech nerd, and like getting, I, I do like machine learning, like all of that stuff. Like I know what they're doing, and it's fascinating. It, it does not belong on the main stage. Yeah, yeah. These are some of the most talented and uh, scientists in the world at what they do, and they are working with cutting edge stuff. But it was, it, it was boring. It was. It would have been a terrific panel, but I mean, yep. I don't. I don't know why they gave him uh, five, like more than five minutes on the main stage. Well, that's. I started looking at it, and I was like. You guys have an hour, and he just took a sixth of it. Like, what? Is there nothing else after this? And then, you, like, you started look. Uh, I started looking at the clock, and I was like, "We've gone through history, Warcraft, and Starcraft, and whatever's going on here, and we have like twenty-five minutes left for the stuff that actually matters." Um, so it seemed like, which they just it ended up being that they just went like twenty minutes long, so it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was like it was a rough, rough start. Um, but then as soon as Overwatch starts, like, all right, well, all forgiven. I don't care. We're into the really good stuff. Yeah, and um, the, the, the four non-Warcraft, non-Starcraft games all had plenty to say, and that was... And they like, were so good. Yeah, it was really terrific listening to the Overwatch heroes, Hearthstone, and Diablo stuff. So, um, Overwatch was next. They, uh, they announced, formally announced Sombra with a new trailer. She was, and, and, you know, they had been hinting at her for weeks with this... Well, it AR- also leaked. Yeah, well, it leaked, and uh, they there was this ARG thing that went on for weeks, and people and uh, fans were sick of it, frankly. And he, uh, Mike Morhaime on stage, even uh, even uh, like joked at how everyone already knew she was coming. But uh, she's she's a really really cool seeming character. She uh, she has a teleport that um, works from a beacon that she can throw, and she can hack into turrets and hack into into enemy into her opponent's abilities, and ha- yeah. and even hack um, like health drop off points so that they so that they won't drop health for her uh, for her opponents. It's she seems like a really manipulator, crazy kind of character that I I'm, I'm sure Overwatch players are going to enjoy. It, it looked wild. And that was so just to kind of combine Overwatch and Heroes of Storm really quickly. Mm-hmm. The three characters they announced for that are so vastly different than anything else that we've seen in either of those games. Yeah, um, okay. have such a vers like they're so versatile. Like they're fascinating to watch and like think of like what had to go into to design those. And like I super stoked once I saw like those three characters. Yeah, we, um, we can talk about the two Heroes of the Storm characters later, but. Uh... Yeah, so uh, Sombra also her trailer had was a really action-packed cool um spy infiltration thing that also had a uh, uh Reaper and Widowmaker in it. And So do you do you actually play Overwatch? I have played it, but I do not own it. I played it on a friend's PS4 and I okay. I find it really impressive, but I am just total garbage at uh team at team <laughs> FPS games. Or um, at, at any multiplayer FPS, but uh, Overwatch is super cool, and because I love Heroes of the Storm, I would love to see more he- Overwatch characters in Heroes of the Storm. Okay, because these uh, these cinematic 
like they have a word for them. Um, like Cinemax shorts, but I can't remember. They have an official term for it. Um, they're, they're, anima- like, they're animated shorts. Yeah. Yeah. There are like seven of these now. And if you take a game that has literally no story because it's all like competitive multiplayer, and they have done such a good job with these super high quality, like five to seven minute videos that I genuinely feel like I know these characters. Like there's such an extra dynamic to. Mm-hmm. All the Overwatch characters, and, and this is, I think the the the, the one for some, uh, I thought the one today was like my actual favorite one that I've seen thus far too. I, I think um, I've seen, I don't know if I've seen all of them, but I've at least seen four to my memory, and they were, I, I was I was shocked at how beautiful the first one was that I saw. Um, I saw the Winston one first. Mm-hmm. It, maybe it was the, maybe it was the first one, maybe not. And, it's either um, the first or the second one, yeah. yeah. But and it was so beautiful, like I mean. Like the, the images of the baby gorilla looking at the stars and how he had become jaded and bitter and how it ends on a really optimistic note. Like, I mean, tears almost came to my eyes. And, and the Blizz- Blizzard has always been am- amazingly good at, uh, at um, CGI cinematics, but doing them into these little short films are so impressive. All of the Overwatch shorts are great. This new one was really good. Um, and I will watch, even though I don't, I'm not really an Overwatch player, I will watch all of these as they come out. They're terrific. Yeah, and that's why I wasn't sure if you had followed a lot of those, but I, like, like I watch the countdowns for these because they're so, they're so <laughs> I, fantastic. I've seen, well, may, maybe you can correct me. I've seen the Winston one. I've seen the Tracer one. I've seen the Soldier 76 one. And, mm-hmm. I, and I saw this new one, but I think those are the only ones I've seen. <sighs> there's, did I miss one? There's one in a museum. There is an assassination one. The, assass- I guess I, the, the assassination that, that was one. Technically the tracer. Yeah, that's the tracer one. I have not seen the museum one though. I think. Um, there's a dragons one with the uh, like Genji. Oh, the, oh yes, the ninja. Yeah, with, with Genji and uh, uh, his brother uh, Ponzo. Yeah, yeah. I, I have seen that one. I forgot. And then uh, it's not out yet, but they're about to release one for Bastion. Um, okay. So there's, I think there's been six. I'm trying to look it up online. So really well, the Bastion will be the seventh one, which means I've only missed one. So I'll, I'll have to seek out that museum one later. But... They, uh, if you have the virtual pass, which the listeners, this does not help you. Um, <laughs> but they have a session tomorrow that I believe they're playing all of them. I did buy the virtual ticket this time. Um, I wanted to watch the uh, Diablo and Heroes of the Storm panels, and I was suspicious because last year with the Cho'Gall release, that was uh, something they gave out for free to virtual ticket mm-hmm. holders. Mm-hmm. And in, I wanted one in, in case there was something like that again. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. There, there wasn't, or at least there hasn't been one announced yet. But, I mean, I, I'm still getting some portraits and pets and mounts out of it, so I'm not You got I'm that sweet upset. card back for when you start playing Hearthstone with me. <laughs> and, well, you also got that sweet Nexus Tiger mount when you start playing Heroes of the Storm with me. Oh, I do play. And now I have to because they have that fascinating, like, Overwatch, Hero of the Storm crossover if you play with friends. Right, we, we can talk about that a little later, but st- sticking to Overwatch for now, <laughs> I mean, how... I, th- I I'm think ju- I'm just enjoying you trying to wrangle me in on one topic. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to keep this a little streamlined, because <laughs> otherwise, otherwise we'll forget something. Like, I didn't... Uh, last year I got d- distracted talking about Diablo that I forgot to mention, like, the stash increases. But anyway... <laughs> anyway I thought maybe one of the biggest announcements from the whole show was this Overwatch League thing. It's because, I mean, eSport, Blizzard has been getting more and more into eSports the past, uh, as the years go on. That's a surprise to nobody. But th- with the Overwatch League that they're starting in 2017, they're going to hold combines and tryouts and have um, North American cities as sort of regional uh, 
at like regional um, points so that you know they're going to try and develop regional fandoms instead of uh, company fandoms because when you when you follow a, an esports group nowadays um, because everything's run through Twitch or YouTube uh, if you say that you're a fan of I don't know Astral Authority or Dignitas it doesn't matter whether one's North American or European for the most part because they're all international companies basically or international sports franchises. But actually trying to start a regionalized league is huge to me. It it it, it, it is Blizzard openly trying to make esports more like uh athletic sports mm-hmm. in a in in a, like in a really obvious way. And I I really am curious to see how successful this Overwatch League is because it is the one of the boldest uh steps I've ever seen esports take. Yeah, so somebody will take me to task for this, and that's fine. You guys can do it in the comments. Um, I would argue that Blizzard was the original esports company. They, 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 if not started, were the one that brought it mainstream, and that that would be with StarCraft, and then uh, with uh, WoW Arena. Um, and and they have even before WoW Arena, um, Blizzard inadvertently helped invent the MOBA genre. Yeah. With yeah, the made... with uh, with Defense of the Ancients, but that we right. would need we would need a whole podcast to talk about that. Yeah. That's a very good point. Um, but they've been taking baby steps towards this with the combination of um, Heroes of the Dorm and then also uh, I Hearthstone. Out, I filled out a bracket for Heroes of the Dorm. Nice. Um, Hearthstone has their um, – they're also college tournaments. They just wrapped up their their college tour. It was like this huge thing. Um, so it's kind of a natural progression for them. I – so personally for me, I don't care about I have so-and-so from Chicago or from Milwaukee that – from my region, like that doesn't mean anything to me. The idea of making it more readily available. Um, so I – I'm sorry. I'm jumping to Hearthstone. <laughs> I am extremely good at Hearthstone. Um, I finish in the top 1% every month. Um, bad months, I'm in 2 or 3%. I, I spend way too much time with it. I am not in a situation that I'd probably ever be able to go tr- pro, but also the the it is the world is built that it's not really feasible. Um, they were talking about how even the people, the person that wins the Hearthstone Championship this year, and I, I think they get paid out two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. You start look, yeah, oh that's fantastic, mm-hmm. but you start looking at the number of hours that it took to grind to be in ladder place to be able to get enough points to get invited to things, the number of hours for uh, all the open tournaments on all of those types of things, and they were talking about really at the end of the day if they had probably had a different job and they had spent the same number of hours they actually would have made more money, um, and and a lot of these are you're grinding out sixty to eighty hours a week to be able just to have a shot for some of this stuff. Um, and that's where I think this is this is like where the league truly gains its power. Um, right, it's, because it, in, not only is the organization they mentioned they would have minimum salaries, player benefits, right, and uh, uh, um, incentive benefits, incentive benefits, and a free agency system. Right, and and, that, it, and, that, and that's one of those things. Like at the end of the day, America in a lot of ways they can't compete. There's a reason that uh, Sweden does really really well. Um, they have government subsidies for a lot of things. So 
a lot of these players are able to just not do anything other than play these games. Or you look at Korea, I have no idea what's set up out there, but something's working out there. Um, <laughs> Some, it's either something in the water or <laughs> or the fact that I, th- I think their national sports are League of Legends and StarCraft. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, but, like, Americans follow football and baseball the way Koreans right. follow League of Legends and StarCraft. And, that, and that's one of those things is like, they're they're making an effort to not only make it an American sport, but to make it a worldwide sport. And they're they're laying the groundwork for a lot of like average Joes. I mean, still you have to be really good. You still have to spend a, spend a tremendous amount of time. But the barrier of entry to be able to at least have a chance at being seen is going to be lowered tremendously if this actually is able to work. Um, and then also, you're not going to die because your tooth. It's a cavity, and it gets so bad that your jaw falls off and you die. <laughs> right, okay. Well, uh, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, how you don't really care about regionality of sports. But um, And I, I would argue that it's important, because in current esports, like I mentioned before, you might be more uh, – I mean, you or I – or uh, okay – someone from the United States would be more likely to root for a North American team over a European or Korean or Chinese team, maybe. But in general, there is not a lot of regionality in eSports. But in athletic sports, there's a ton of regionality. Like, I live in the Washington, D.C. area, and uh, there are the fandom for the uh, Nationals, Capitals, Wizards, and Native Americans are is huge. In the D.C. area. And, like, people in Chicago root for the Bulls. Bears, wait, 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 wait. hmm? Did you just call the Redskins the Native Americans? Yeah, I'm, I, I, I refer to them as the Native Americans or the Washington professional football team because that's a racist word. <laughs> okay, carry yeah. on. Anyway, regionality is a thing in most sports. You'll root for your, uh, you are more likely to root for your home team than not root for your home team if you're, as, if, if you're a sports fan. But creating... A, re- a regionality to uh, the Overwatch League, I think, would be make it easier to bring in uh, ca- casual fans or even non-fans that would want to root for a team from their city, like that, or, or like um, having combines and tryouts and drafts so that different teams can, you know, compete for the best talent is, I think, better for the quality of the sport and for fans and for the players. You know, I I, I don't disagree with you. I just don't necessarily agree with you. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's super. I, 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 th- I think it's super fascinating, regardless. And I'm oh, it, it is it. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really wonder how quickly something similar is made for something like Call of Duty, or I mean, they wouldn't be in the fighting community because they stay separate. But even um, the fighting game community is is very insular and and weird yeah. about esports. But, um, or but, Madden, and, maybe even too. Right, but uh, like um, groups like Major League Gaming have tried to do things like this before, but I'm not sure how much involvement the big companies like Ad, uh, Activision have in, in in those leagues. But Blizzard is really all in on esports, and this Overwatch League, I think, is their again their biggest uh, their biggest boldest step into esports. And I really am curious to see how it goes, even though I am not a, I, I'm not an overwatch player. And that I, so again, you're going to have to write me in. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's actually the most disappointing part of this is although overwatch is a new shiny, it is the worst blizzard game to be able to 
have on as like a professional game. Oh, you think it's maybe the worst spectator esport? Yes. Okay. Um, Hearthstone by far the best. Everything's there. They can talk through it. There's enough time. They can explain everything. Super super easy. I think StarCraft is moderately easy. It's very complex, but the nice thing is it's typically one on one. They're able to zone in on the action. There's enough time to explain what's going on. I, th- I think Heroes of the Storm and maybe MOBAs in general are a very successful esport. Because that was my next one. Is I think that is a slightly more complex than StarCraft, but still but it, simple enough. But they're all. It's also five on five. You know, de- um, destroy the enemy's base as a concept, right. and uh, and um, following the action is a very doable thing. So I I think that MOBAs are you know the most popular esport in the world as a genre for a lot of reasons that make sense. Absolutely. And you're the great thing as a spectator you're seeing the same angle as the players in a lot of regards. Mm-hmm. Again, there's enough going on, there's enough shiny flashiness, there's special skills, there's likable characters that are being played. There's a team there so you are getting the team aspects like we were talking before. I think that um, I think that drafts in, in Heroes of the Storm and other MOBAs are a really interesting thing on their own, but that's yes. separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so th- all three of those games, I think, make sense as a spectator or bringing in people that don't necessarily understand what's going on. I don't. I have watched very small amounts of Overwatch for actual real games. I watch stream stuff all the time. I'm fine because I play the game all the time. When I used to watch like Halo when it was competitive, and I used to watch uh, some Call of Duty, those streams looked like crap. Um, it's hard to I... follow the action from a first-person perspective right. of the player, and uh, and I I don't know how good they are about getting a third-person camera to view the action, but it it's probably confusing since there's a lot going on in the different corridors of any given Overwatch map, and. Yeah, it's, I think there's a reason that shooters are haven't become a spectator esport the the way that fighting games or MOBAs have. Yeah, and if, so that, if, if anything, fighting games I think are the purest esport possible. But, yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> but we don't need to talk about those here. It's um, it is an unusual choice that over they pick Overwatch to be the big, uh, you know, um, Blizzard supported league over their other. Uh, their other properties, and they are giving attention to Heroes of the Storm. They've they've made some announcements before BlizzCon about um, about its prize pool for the 2017 season, but it's it's not at the level of organization and accessibility that this Overwatch League is. And that, that I, I'm not sure if it's because of the college stuff for Hearthstone uh, Heroes that they took a step back with Overwatch and it was like we're going to start something fresh with this. Um, but that that just kind of caught me off guard. That was. That was the game that they chose. The only thing I can think of is, first of all, everybody loves first-person shooters. And then also it's Activision Blizzard instead of just Blizzard. And I could see them doing this same system for Call of Duty. And Overwatch um, has only been out for a few months, but they announced that sometime in October they crossed the threshold of 20 million users. Which is a, a, a large user base. And very, yeah. a very It's been a very impressive launch in general. Yes, yeah, it has. Um... Yeah, so I, I think I think Overwatch is in a really good place. I'm super interested to see how this all turns out. I hope it goes well because, like you said, a lot of the MLG stuff that they've tried at this, it, it most of it just failed, or at least 
it's maybe succeeded in a small portion, but definitely didn't hit mainstream. It, it, yeah, it, it may be over, um, it may be underwhelmed. Uh, but now, now that you know esports has gotten bigger every year, now the a lot of big companies are stepping in to you know try and get a slice of the esports pie. And I mean, mm, I mean, it's I mean, it, Riot Games and Valve ha- have made unthinkable amounts of money from League of Legends and Dota Two esports and the Blizzard, Dota Compendium. Yeah, and and uh, the, the Dota Two International. I think the prize pool was, uh, so not not the prize for just the winners, but for all of the major competitors was. Uh, I think it crossed twenty five million dollars. It was insane. It or probably way higher than that. I I don't follow Dota Two cl- that closely, but yeah, esports is big money, and Blizzard is very interested in squeezing as much esports as they can out of their games, and. Yeah, Overwatch League, the Heroes of the Storm 2017 stuff, Hearthstone just making money hand over fist all the time. It's it, it they're in a fascinating place as a company. Yes, yeah, they're they're in a very enviable spot. Um, so we kind of met referenced it earlier, but Heroes of the Storm got two new characters. Yes, they did. Oh, two man. really cool characters. Um, and so this is the time that I mute my mic and I let. <laughs> Mike, just go off on this. All right. Well, you mute one mic and then let the other mic just, uh, just you know, go completely nuts. All right. So, Heroes of the Storm. I uh, on the last podcast on the Child of Light Part One podcast, I predicted that they would release three characters, and one of them would be either Kelthuzad or Malthael. And I was wrong on both counts. They only announced two characters, and they were. King Varian from World of Warcraft. He's the king of the Alliance. He's a, a human warrior. And Ragnaros, the fire elemental, which is a very powerful raid boss from early in, wor- in World of Warcraft's history. And I, I don't know a ton about the lore of Ragnaros or, Var- or Varian, but um, I'm led to believe that Varian had a big role in the last WoW expansion and has been around a long time. And Ragnaros was a very memorable raid boss that a lot of that was in bo- both challenging it challenging and to complete at first and sort of impressive in scale for early wow so th- these are two signature world of warcraft characters and varian is really interesting because of his build diversity now e- every heroes of the storm character has build diversity i mean heroes of the storm is a five on five game where each player is us- is controlling a different hero or character there's about 60 of them in the game now and as you play, you gain levels and get stronger. And as you gain levels, you choose uh, talents that you know improve your skills. And which talents you choose at which levels, you know, contributes to the build diversity of the game. But Varian has huge build diversity because he's the uh, depending on your cha- talent choices, especially at level ten, he can either be a sword and shield warrior with fifty percent bonus uh, health and and defensive skills and and taunts. Or a broadsword two-handed warrior that has a bunch of dashes and like armor-breaking moves, or a double-sword dual-wield warrior that attacks uh, at twice as quickly and gets um, and gets critical hits about three times as often. So that that was a lot of technical BS at once, and I apologize for that. <laughs> but uh, basically. I mean, Heroes of the Storm characters are classified as either assassins that deal damage, warriors that are good at at, uh, at taking damage, supports that are good at preventing damage, or specialists that don't really fall into any of those categories. But Varian is the first 
multi-class warrior assassin. Because his build diversity is so wide, his role totally changes depending on how you on how you build him during the game, and he can fi fulfill the role of a main tank or of a high damage uh, like hero slayer. It's and and uh, and to a degree, there's other heroes that can do that. Like one of my favorite characters to play is Sonya, who is a, a high damage, high sustain warrior. But no, no, even if I build her for as much damage as possible, she's still going to be, you know, she's still going to have the same attack speed and the same and the same suite of moves. But Varian, with the different talent choices he makes, he he is a completely different character based on your choice at level ten. And those three choices that I brought up earlier are also three ways of building a warrior in World of Warcraft. So I think um, uh, Blizzard's approach with him was to encapsulate a warrior class from World of Warcraft. And uh, also because he's the King of the Alliance, another one of his abilities allows him to put a, a, a banner from one of three different kingdoms that gives a, that gives a passive boost. So like, they're, they're making him the like to just be a you know an emblem of the Alliance faction in World of Warcraft and warriors in World of Warcraft and have him with a, you know, a, a wide, a very wide build, a variety of builds and roles for him to play. It's super interesting what they're going to do with him. My fear is that because he's going to be a warrior assassin, he'll be underwhelming at both roles, <laughs> uh, yeah. which is, you know, a problem because, you know, the, generally... You well... can, in all fairness, he's going to be super OP when he comes out because every new character is super OP when they come out. For I heroes. would I would argue only maybe eighty percent of characters are, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it, it's true when you look at uh, characters right right when they come out, they usually have to have a nerf within one or two weeks. Uh, and I think uh, the current new character Samuro is probably going to need a second nerf because he's he was still OP after the first one. And uh, and sometimes when they launch a character, they are undertuned. Like when they launched Mediv over the summer, uh, his win rate was like thirty percent. And they yeah, and they <laughs> and 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 Blizzard wants all of their characters in that sweet spot, forty eight to fifty two percent. Yep. So um, it, it's possible that Vari Varian will be way overpowered, but I, because he his build diversity is so wide that they couldn't call him just one class. I'm super interested to see how he ends up fitting into the meta. And but if anything, Ragnaros looks more fun than Varian because Ragnaros is uh, he's he's an assassin, so he just deals a bunch of fire damage to everyone. Is his is the gist of his character? But uh, he has one of the most fun special character traits I've ever seen in this game, where he can uh, occupy either one of your allied buildings or the empty spot where a building where a building used to be. And turn into a stationary giant version of himself, which is which is an approximation of the raid boss that he was in World of Warcraft. And all of his moves become different and giant. Like his his uh, hammer smash move that he has as a normal sized hero becomes a wide sweep that takes a, that takes up like enough room to fit twenty heroes in when he's in his giant form. And uh, one of his special moves is a lava wave that take that uh, covers an entire third of the map. It's he, everything about Ragnaros is just huge and big and flashy, and uh, their design approach with him was to make you feel like a raid boss, like make you feel like one of the most powerful bosses in the game when you're using him. And because I know the heroes team really cares about flavor and feel when they're uh, when they design new heroes, that uh, that is exciting to me. Like I cannot wait to try out Ragnaros and feel like the final boss of a game just flattening tiny heroes trying to defeat me.
it 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 sounds so exciting and yeah i i was varian looks cool like the the concept of him is cool um but to me he strikes me as somebody that would be really good for a team because then you have the flexibility when you're going against a different team to be able to adapt to what they pick and what's going on with that Mm -hmm, um rag just looks like fun just like absolute fun um and that's if I were cause obviously going to cost a boatload of like in-game currency to get, I would absolutely gravitate towards Rag because I would just have a ball playing. He looks super fun. Like um, I don't think either of them are as conceptually interesting as Chogall from last year because Chogall Ch- was a mess. Yeah, yeah Chogall was a total mess. But all, but also, I mean, it was really exciting because I had never heard of a character that is controlled by two players in a game like this, and they also gave him out to fr- for free. To about half of the uh, of um, heroes of the storm players, and then allowed him to be passed around and shared afterwards. Like video. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Like an STD. But um, <laughs> and and neither Varian nor Ragnaros has a has a gimmick like that. But they are both super interesting and super fun from a design and the gameplay perspective. And but I have to admit, I am more excited about Ragnaros because the uh, the idea of you know temporary replacing a fortress to be a giant fire demon smashing people with the hammer and summoning meteors and lava waves just everything about that sounds like a blast yeah he yeah he looks fantastic um and oh and also i think you alluded to this earlier but they're doing a promotion that starts on november 14th the day that varian comes out where uh and that lasts about six weeks lasts until the uh, first week of january i think so that might be seven weeks where um, if you play 30 games with friends during that period, they give you a boatload of rewards. You get five heroes for free. I already own three of them, but I'll take it anyway. Um, they'll, and, they'll, and a stim pack, which will give you a giant experience and gold boost. And a new mount, and a new portrait, and a skin for Overwatch players. for uh, A skin for Hanzo in Overwatch. So... And also, there's there's a second Overwatch character. I cannot remember who it was. Well, um, or is that for if you play thirty games? No, 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 no. That's if you play. There's a part of some of these rewards are for playing thirteen, and then all then the others are for playing thirty. But I was just I was just putting them all together. Uh, the five characters you get are uh, Zarya, Greymane, Kerrigan, Leeming, and Oriel. And I own th- I own three of them. Hey, but... I have none of those. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. So you if you if you do thirty <laughs> games in those seven weeks with friends, you can't you can't solo queue. You have to play with a friend for it to count. Um, then you'll get five characters and a bunch of free extras, which is great. I mean, they've done promotions like this all the time to give extra rewards to dedicated players. But I have no objections at all to more rewards just for playing the game. So, so yeah. This this was. Did you look up like anything written for this? Um, it was I, confusing to me because I viewed it as I could either play Overwatch with a friend or Heroes with a friend. And as long as that total equal to those amounts, it would be good enough. Or am I, I misreading I'm, that? I, I think it's just Heroes of the Storm because the, well, o- the there, there's only one Overwatch reward in there, and it was included in Heroes of the Storm news and materials. So there, I mean, I mean, it's not the first time they've done a crossover reward. I got a uh, I got a mount in Heroes of the Storm for finishing a Diablo seasonal quest last year, and I still use that mount sometimes. That's but too I, bad. I, I I'll be- never get that then. 30 games, well, it's seven weeks, so they give you a lot of time. 
I have in my life played four games of Heroes, I think. Okay, so you probably can't use that pace to get these rewards. <laughs> yeah, and th there was a semester of school that I was actively trying to play the game, too, so... I don't feel like this is going to work out for me. <laughs> well, it's I'll be able to get that just as a matter of course. Ooh, la-di-da. And if you or any listeners want to play Heroes of the Storm with me, all you need to do is find me on Twitter or the forums, and I'll happily log on. It takes very, very little prompting to get me to play Heroes of the Storm. And oh, these dude. these new... These new characters look totally dope, and I really want to try both. Oh, um, and also, sorry, one last thing. They mentioned Varian comes out on November 14th, and Ragnaros comes out sometime in December. Oh, and uh, that reminds me. Uh, we, did, we didn't, we did, we, I forgot to, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to keep, to keep interrupting you, man. But, uh, <laughs> for the, for the Overwatch stuff, um... Som Sombra and there's they're releasing Sombra and two new maps, and Sombra and the first map come later this month on the public test realm, and the second map comes in December on the public test realm. Well, that that was the really impressive thing is a lot of the stuff, like almost everything I felt like they're like, and next week it will be on the public test realm. Two weeks from now, everything was like really quick turn. I was like, good job, guys. Like yeah, that... yeah, a bunch of stuff coming at the end of 2016. That's impressive. Yeah, and definitely with how Blizzard usually works. Like well. We'll get back to you in a year. <laughs> they, oh yeah, they also announced a bunch of of very minor things for Heroes of the Storm, like improvements to matchmaking and character progression. But all of that's 2017, and all of that's subject to change. So yeah, you, you check out a go to one of the big Blizzard or Heroes sites to check that out. I, I uh, it would be weird speculation and very minute details if I were to go into it here. Yeah, no, it's, it it got me. Excited again for Heroes of Storm. I always flit in and out with interest. It's always one of those I really, really want to play it. I want to dedicate it. But then every time I look at it, it's like, those are long games. Well, they're fast for MOBA standards, but still long for gaming standards. A Heroes of the Storm average game, I think, is around 18 to 20 minutes. But but for League of Legends, it's, that number is closer to an hour. But yeah, still, and... I mean that—that's way shorter than a fighting game or a first-person shooter, and I understand how that's a little bit daunting. Yeah, and that's where it just kind of like it loses me every time. Um, but the mix the characters, and then also I love rewards for things. I think the rewards might be enough for me to sort of try. Well, that that seven-week period is um is really good, and you still get some of the rewards for only doing fifteen. Because uh, you get one of those five heroes and that Overwatch skin um, for doing just 15 games in that seven-week period. And then you get the other four heroes and all the other extras for doing 30. So I, I went straight to 30 because I know I'm going to play 30 anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have a regular group of uh, friends that I that I play with all the time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you'll be fine. I have full <laughs> confidence you'll ha not have an issue with this. Great. I have full confidence I'll have tons of issues with this. <laughs> but uh, one thing you won't have an issue with is uh, is playing this new Hearthstone expansion. Yeah, this new thing. I've never heard about it. When were they going to tell us about this game? Um... <laughs> so uh, I, I, I only have a – I've only played Hearthstone during the beta a little bit. But, uh, and I, but I'm um, obviously aware of how successful it is and popular it is. But I guess the gist of it is that um, there's they're doing a new setting where the, it's like three different uh, crime organizations in an underworld, and there's a bunch of cross-class cards and one card that lets you create your own card. 
And uh, it all sounds insane to me. Please break this down for me a little bit, man. Yeah, so they always have themed expansions. Uh, this one happens to be... Uh, Is it Gadgetopia or something? No. No, I feel stupid. Um, <laughs> I, I forget. I mean, I, I was. I thought you would be, You would have this. I, I don't really care. I don't really care about... The, the name's not important. Yeah. And that's kind of... At the end of the day, I don't care about that. Um... And with that, so there's nine heroes. With that, there's a boatload of just neutral cards that anybody can use. And then a set of cards for each of the different uh, classes. And the big transition from that has always been, they have these unique cards that you can steal a card from somebody here or there. But for the most part, you are locked in. Um, And with this, they're having, it's almost like clans. And so... They're grouping together like classes. So priest, warlock, and mage, they all use magic. They're going to be a clan. And with that, there's going to be a card then, or groups of cards, there's a whole set of cards now, that will be able to go into any of those three classes, but then the other classes can't use them. Um, Yeah, because normally Hearthstone has either class-specific cards or common cards that anybody, any class can use. Right. But this is doing a different level of specificity, I guess. And um, but is there nothing like that in uh, in Hearthstone before now? No, like it, it's either you get really there. They have all sorts of random things where you can steal stuff, but for the most part, that's rogue. Um, and there's a couple priest spells, but largely you are stuck with your class. You're building that out. Um, I. It looks like they made them really strong. So I, I kind of question they, they look almost overpowered. So it'll be interesting to kind of dig into them. Um, but the if, other... ev- if everyone's overpowered, then <laughs> then is that, ba- is that the same as balanced? So we ran into this issue, this would have been three expansions ago. Um, when they came out with goblins and gnomes, everything was super ridiculously overpowered. Um, and so... Part of the reason I think that they switched to, uh, they have Standard and Wild now. Standard is only the two most recent years of expansion. Everything else moves into Wild. I think part of the reason they did that is they were having kind of power creep and all sorts of issues of complexity. Um, right. Because they had just made things way too powerful. Um, and so I, they had been purposely kind of underpowering things for a while. And this is the first time it looks like they're really, really kind of swinging for it with massive like strength issues um but then again it's one of those things because one of the big issues they have in the past is mage is always really strong so they have magic um and then priests because they're supposed to heal stuff at the end of the day they're not aggressive so they're going to heal things i so I could... so giving so giving priest way more damage or mage way more healing has those classes step outside their regular style and maybe and it could really some weird stuff could happen Right, and that's so I'm overall really excited for it, but I'm kind of hesitant. Um, it should make Priest not terrible, because Priest has always been terrible. Um, <laughs> by the same time, Mage has always been super powerful, so adding more quality cards is probably just going to make them stronger still. Um, but for the meta of everything, you get into a lot of just standard archetypes. Like There's always a Tempo Mage, there's always a Freeze Mage. By having more different types of cards, hopefully there'll be more creativity. Um, and that that's that's truly where I'm excited for this is when you have a select number of cards that are only class specific, it's very easy to get locked into I am going to do this every time. Um, and by adding in 
hybrid cards, they have to kind of match some other classes and how they're supposed to be played. It adds a different angle that you can approach each uh, hero. Um, and so it, it should be it should be fascinating. With that, they also, you kind of alluded to it, they have options where you're making your own cards. Um, so you play a card, and if you have the, uh, the necessary requirements for it, you get choices, which they've already had these choices, but it's always been, I play this card and I pick from three things. Okay. Um, this is, I pick, I'm literally crafting my own card, and they said there's hundreds of different options because you pick, do I want a one uh, cost, five cost, or ten cost? Based off of that, they get different abilities, so it would either be like a draw one, draw two, or draw three, or deal two, deal four, deal six damage. Um, and then you'd add a second element to this, so you'd have also gained two, four, six armor. Um, so it's just basically a, a customizable card, but with more customization than than Hearthstone has had in the past for these skills like these. I actually I compare it a lot to Varian. Um, sure. And okay. so it's it, it's giving you freedom of. I wasn't necessarily ready for the opponent to do this. I can either have a card that I can use right now and have a small effect. I can wait for my temple for next turn because it's a lot of them are four cost cards, so you'd go into five, it'd be next turn. I can plan for that, or I know that this is the direction the game's going, so I'm going to wait five or six turns, and I'm going to play this really strong card, but I have to survive to that point. Um, so it adds definitely an extra element of strategy, which will be which will be great. My only problem with all of this is... And this this kind of touches on what happened in the pro scene today. There was probably unquestionably the best Hearthstone player currently playing right now, um, and he absolutely crushed this dude in three games. So he had to close it out with one last game, and then he lost four games straight with like the most ridiculous random crap that popped up. That it was like but, there's um... 400 cards that could pop up, and if this one card pops up. He will. The, he'll lose the game, and that ha- like those situations happened like six times in a row to him. Um, well, was it was it unlucky draws or was it an actual element of randomness like a dice roll within a card that defeated them? It was a ridiculous dice roll. Oh, oh man. Okay, so that yeah. yeah. He, I bet he's furious. Oh, I everybody's pissed because it's it's one of those things, and I tweeted out about this right away. It it, it is a perfect encapsulation of everything that's been wrong in Hearthstone lately. Um, like, they, like like fun, dramatic, terrific game that has too much randomness. Right, and that's they they started off and they they've always had randomness involved in the game, but it's always been to the point that you could have very skilled play, players tweak the randomness in their advantage. Um, so you'd have an element of I can pull one of the, my my opponent's uh, uh, minions to my side, and if I set up the situation correctly, I know exactly which person I'm going to pull because. I planned for this. I was able to understand the cards, all the interactions, and I made this interaction happen. Um, and over time, that's turned into I'm going to play this card, and I'm going to hope and pray that this goes well for me. Um, and that's I, I I look at kind of this build your own cards, and there's a lot of just like there is an element of strategy because you are picking out effects, you are picking out costs for these. But at the same time, there's a lot of you might just get super, super lucky. Um, and then also, it's always been Hearthstone. I think one of the closest approximation is chess, and it's one of those things you have. You memorize your first ten to fifteen moves, and then from that you get into the middle game of I have to really be responsive to what the other person is doing. 
and then you close out the game based off of kind of memorization of how to close things out and knowing how to respond to certain situations. And I think that transfers over to Hearthstone really well. Um, as they moved into kind of steal cards from the other classes and a lot of randomization, a lot of that's just been kind of thrown out the window and you're not able to really understand what the other person has whatsoever. So there is no element of strategy. You're just playing blindly. And basically then it becomes a tempo game where I'm just going to, I have five uh, mana available this turn. I'm going to put down a five cost card because that's probably what's best because I should just do the most I can every turn. Um, and everybody had really hoped and they had been speaking like the, they had been saying all the right things going into BlizzCon that they understood this was an issue and so for them to come back and all the cards they showed today were all super super randomized mm. and so it's one of those things we've had a really really rough six to nine months of just RNG bullcrap and it like I really really like the cards I love the aesthetic I actually enjoy kind of the clans of three different classes being grouped together all that seems super interesting but it looks like we're going to have another six months of a lot of just rng and dice rolls and hoping so so i mean is this going to prevent you from getting into it or do you you think you're you're still you're still in it you're going to get the expansion you're gonna you're gonna spend some time and money into it so at the end of the day, Hearthstone, I still I still adore Hearthstone. Um, it is, because it's on my phone, I can play it whenever I want. Um, I still find it very relaxing. Um, but it, it definitely has turned from, and that's what I was saying like earlier, like I used to always be in the top 1%. Right. First of all, it's harder to get up there because you have to usually grind out more games because even though you were, quote-unquote, the better player, it didn't show out because of the RNG. Um, and then that just gets frustrating. So most of the time, people, I I just stop at some point because I get too mad. Um, but I'll keep going. I, I I really enjoy the back and forth. I like being pitted against somebody else. I like the strategy elements of it. Um, I just I know a lot of the audience gets turned away from that, and I prefer to see this like them not beat Hearthstone into the ground by making it fun and flashy. It can still have all those elements, but at some point it has to come back to strategy. And at the end of the day, you need to think that the better player actually won. Right. And I, and I honestly don't think that is the case sometimes. Hmm. I, I, I mean, I'm going back to that uh, guy you said who is perhaps the best Hearthstone player in the world, losing multiple matches in a row and knocking out of the tournament because of random elements. That... That just seems like the most maddening thing in the world to me. To what uh, what is what should be a game of skill and is a game of skill most of the time. Yeah, but... like literally, like the, multiple times they're like, he has one out. There is, and if he plays this card, he needs this card to pull. And like it he, got pulled. It's like, then he needs, like he needs this card, and he needs to get the ten percent best roll on that card to win. Yep. And and it yep. happened. Every single time. And it wasn't even like, hey, this is at least in his deck, so 1 out of 15 chance or 1 out of 10 chance that one of them pulls up. It was literally, he had to have that 1 out of 10 chance that this card came up, then he had to play it and have the 1 out of 40 or 1 out of 70 or 1 out of 80 odds to actually have that, this uh, spell wow. come through. I that, that's, that would be incredibly frustrating. And in a way... Um, you could spin that positively. Like, it, uh, like a comeback... Inst- you know, a comeback element is 
you know, fun or encouraging to to people. But I mean, still, if losing beca- on the other side, losing because of that was sounds absolutely maddening. So yeah, yeah. Har- Hearthstone has kept... a Hearthstone has a bunch of new stuff, and it all looks cool, but there's more <laughs> randomness in it. Right, and that's I I think I think unfortunately, fortunately or fortunately, it it will be better for the casual player. I think the casual players have a better chance at winning. It'll be more fun. It'll be more exciting. Lots of things are happening. Lots of things are exploding. That's great for all those people. I, I think do love watching things explode. Yep, I really yeah. do. And it, and I think it makes it more fun for spectators. Like they kept talking about, like this is the most exciting game that's ever happened in Hearthstone. And I'm like looking at, I'm looking at Reddit and I'm looking at Twitter and I'm just watching all these people who like just pissed off <laughs> because you have all these well, people that like understand what just happened. And it's not like getting caught up with the the excitement of the announcers. You're just sitting there like, that was BS. Like that really sucks. Like I feel terrible for this person. Like that should never have happened. Um, and I I think if a World Series game came down to a dice roll, then probably, and speaking of the recent World Series, probably both Cleveland and Chicago would burn to the ground. Yeah. Oh, there'd be just riots, and that's and that's where it was one of those things. It's like, I and I I want I want esports to be legitimate. But it's just at the end of the day, like you have certain stuff like that, and it's like, well, this this doesn't deserve to be legitimate. Um, wow. And, I, and and that that's so I, it's a weird place for me because I love Hearthstone, but like today I was like, no, like this term is. Sorry, I almost swore. You almost had to edit that. Like this, this, <laughs> this is like this is this isn't even worth my time. And like, it was nice because I kept watching all of the. Uh, I had the game, all the the world championship on while I was watching all the breakout sessions. And progressively, like, I just muted the game and I turned up all the breakout sessions for BlizzCon up because that progressively got more and more interesting to me because I was like, I don't have time for this. Like, this is this is ridiculous. Hmm. Um, so well, there's the happy moment. So yeah, there, <laughs> like, there's the wrap up for Hearthstone. Yep, good old Happy Josh. That's why we call you Happy Josh. Nobody calls him Happy Josh. Oh, but, it doesn't rhyme. It would be Joyous Josh or Joyful Josh or Jolly Josh. Ooh, Jolly yeah. jo- Jolly Josh isn't bad. Ah. Maybe we should start calling you that. But we could be ironic. <laughs> well, but before we give you a new ironic nickname, uh, we sh- I think we were both pretty excited about the changes coming to Diablo. Yes, I super super excited for Diablo. That was the nice thing is going right out of Hearthstone, and I was like, oh well, I don't know, that's gonna be kind of iffy. And, um, and then I came to Diablo, and I was like, everything that they just announced is ridiculously cool. And you know, one announcement that actually seemed super low-key, I think might be the best announcement of all. Um, maybe you heard this, maybe you didn't, but they're bringing all of the PC seasonal content to consoles next year. I had not heard that. That is awesome. Yeah, but they're, um, it's going to be the same patch where they add the armory. They uh, One of the mi- other minor announcements was they're adding an armory that allows you to switch builds and switch gems out for free. Just to really make, cool. Yeah, j- just to make character switching and build switching much, much easier and faster, which is great. But in that same patch, which is going to PC and console, all of the PC-exclusive seasonal content is going to consoles. That is awesome. That's, that's so huge. Does, does that mean that... We'll just start the seasons when we're behind you, or it's just like one big dump. How is that going to work? Probably just they're around the time they start a new, uh, piece, a new season on PC. They're I think they're just going to update the consoles to everything that's at that season. They were they that's awesome. they they were unclear about that, but they said that every they said that one of the biggest requests they had gotten was seasonal content on consoles, and that is happening next year. That's ter- <sighs> that's terrific. I'm going to spend so much time with that. But there was two announcements. 
that are way higher profile and also very exciting coming to Diablo. Uh, well, the, there was a bunch, but there's two that really stand out. Diablo 4? Nope. Oh. Oh, Dia- I guess we were yeah. wrong with that one. <laughs> my, my, you know what? The, fu- <laughs> the funniest part is, my, um, I, I should mention that there was a leak a few days ago. We're recording this on a Friday, and this, I think this leak was Wednesday. Um, that uh, of, of some art showing uh, a male and female necromancer standing next to each other. So, you know, the internet went ablaze. They knew it was from the upcoming BlizzCon stuff. But people were divided. They weren't sure if it was a Diablo 2 remake or a Diablo 3 expansion or possibly Diablo 4. It seemed like uh, Diablo 3 expansion was the most popular guess, and that's what I would have guessed. But the answer ended up being none of those three. Um, the D- they are adding a necromancer. There's a very cool trailer um, narrated by the male one, and they uh, and the necromancer was playable on the show floor at BlizzCon with a, a loadout of six skills, you, but noth- nothing beyond those six. And it's coming in an update in 2017, and it's going to be it's uh, it's, it's going to be called the Rise of the Necromancer Pack, and it's the first paid DLC that is going into Diablo 3, at least since they. Uh, um, since they shut down the Real Money Auction House, which isn't really the same as paid DLC. Well, in all fairness, Reaper of Souls was paid DLC. Well, you no, know, but it's a, it's a traditional expansion pack that adds a bunch of things. This pack, um, and and Diablo and Bli- well, a bunch of Blizzard games have expansion packs. Almost, maybe most of them do, even. But uh, the Rise of the Necromancer pack is something new for Diablo. It's only... It, it adds the Necromancer as a playable class, it adds two character slots, two new stash tabs, and then a handful of uh, of, of um, uh, cosmetic things, like a, uh, I think probably wings and a pet and a portrait. But um, they haven't announced a price yet, and they're saying it's going to come in the second half of 2017, but they're doing this, but inst- they're doing this instead of a big story expansion that added a new act. They're, they're, uh, the plan going forward for Diablo 3 is to keep adding stuff in seasonal patches. Uh, they mentioned that two other things coming in 2017 are uh, two new regions to mess around with in adventure mode. I think I think it's going to be similar to the ruins of Sesheron that they added last year. Um, yeah, they, they had two more. That's what that's immediately what I thought of, too, because yeah. that's where you got the cube, right? Yeah, yeah. ruins of Sesheron is yeah. where you get the cube, and these will be two new areas like that. Uh, where they there's there's new you know new content new um a lot of new dialogue but nothing that's really moves the story along nothing as as a you know as impactful as a new act and because uh, for those that don't know Di- both Diablo two and three are divide the story is divided into acts and each act you travel to a new land and f- and do multiple dungeons and bosses within the act but none um none there's not going to be a new act just two new dungeons in 2017. And then maybe the most exciting announcement: they're recreating Diablo, the uh, the city of the town of Tristram in, from Diablo One in a new special 16-floor dungeon. Basically, recreating the dungeon of Diablo One in Diablo Three. I freaked out when I saw that. Cause Cause he, he flat out just said, "Like, don't play the original. Play this." Yeah. And and it's it's wild. It uses the Diablo three classes, so you use your one of your Diablo three characters in this dungeon. They didn't bring back like the warrior, the rogue, and the sorcerer. But um, and it goes on. The, and the crazy thing is, it's going to be playable in January, and it goes on the PTR in a few weeks. So it's it's all coming very soon. But what you what you do is you go to a portal, and it's a, it's a separate map from the right other areas in Diablo three. 
and uh, they recreate all of the Diablo 1 bosses. It, uh, they, they remove about 25% of character animations, so characters move in like a, st- in like a stiff, in stiff, choppy way like Diablo 1, and they deliberately are pixelating the graphics so it looks, <laughs> so it looks like, um, a 90s game, and, um, they're changing character models and adding some new character models to make them look, and also changing enemy AI so that they attack directly and stupidly like in 1996 and uh, and look like Diablo 1 monsters it's it's ridiculous um they the only boss they showed was the butcher who's a the act 1 boss in Diablo 3 and is the first boss you encounter in Diablo 1 we talked about the butcher a little bit earlier and he looks like you know the the bright red pudgy butcher instead of the you know stitched together like burning metal uh d- detailed butcher from Diablo 3 it's they're they they're recreating Diablo 1 in Diablo 3 and it's going to have a lot of hidden story content that they aren't telling us yet and it's going to have um seasonal and it's going to have rewards um for complete for completing it on different difficulties with different characters and uh and they also said they wanted to make it an annual thing um it's going to run for uh probably all of January i think they said a month or a little over a month and you get rewards for completing it in January, and they want to bring it back every year with new rewards. So, that was the most surprising thing is that they 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 committed to long term support on this. Yes, I mean um, it, that is surprising, but it's also consistent because uh, I mean Diablo two came out in uh, I think ninety eight or ninety nine, and they did a patch for Diablo two to balance synergies and improve some connectivity with like uh with Windows 7 machines or something in 2013. But it, like, it's, it's like completely fit- different to like not promise something and like completely overdeliver. It's a completely different thing to be like yeah, we're going to consistently do this. It's I mean the, the thing about um Diablo 3's ongoing model, the the seasonal one that the PC uses is their um it's they're keeping people engaged with seasonal content, which varies in how good it is. Like it's it's actually been a little stale the past few months because it's it, you sort of complete the same, uh, the same routine of of making a level one character, having them get to level seventy as soon as they can. Then you start uh, farming materials in adventure mode and getting to higher torment levels and defeating all the special bosses and in, in different and higher level rifts and higher level, uh, and higher level like Malfail runs. It's, and and they're they're consistently adding things, and but it's in small patches, and the gameplay loop for the end game never really changed. Right. This new Diablo One recreation looks amazing, but I'm a little surprised that they're only running it for a month and are committing to run to have it come every year instead of just do a new large patch that people will pay for, like another expansion. Even whether it's forty dollars or twenty dollars or sixty dollars, people I think people like Diablo three enough that they'll pay for more of it. But for some reason, and I'm still wondering if this is because the uh, the auction house failed so spectacularly. They're... I love the auction house. <laughs> I just want to say that it gets so much crap. I, I, I love actually, the auction house. I actually didn't play Diablo three during uh, the auction house time because I was I heard how bad it was, but I I, I wasn't really into it then. I made like. 20 bucks off of it. It was great. And that's 20 bucks you didn't have before, right? Right, exactly. So, yeah, um, I, I'm I'm excited for all this Diablo stuff. I can't wait to tr- to play the uh, recreation of Diablo 1. I mean, man, they ran through it with a dual-wield barbarian and it looked like he was it looked like he was like 
it, it looked like grainy video of some so of someone good. goose stepping. It was terrific. Yeah, because you uh, you had already <laughs> mentioned it, but they they purposely made it so that you only have eight directions of. Uh, oh right, yeah, yeah, only eight directions of movement instead of three sixty. And you just watch it, and like they they slowed down all the animation, so it looks like it looks all choppy and crap, and it was like, like they even changed the um, the heads up display, like all of it, like you can tell this was a labor of love, mm-hmm. um, and it just. It, it was expertly done, and uh, it's and it's free. It's going to be it's um it's a free patch, and they're and they're targeting January for it, but and and so I I'm, I don't I don't really understand why they're doing content without expansions because the, the that um Reaper of Souls expansion was huge and changed Diablo three for the better and is part of why Diablo three continues to be a popular game. But instead of um, charging money and having a larger amount of content in an expansion, they're giving us a lot of stuff for free and having us pay for a character. So but the, the, I, I think you're looking at it wrong. I, I this is one of the reasons that Blizzard is loved. Like they they are doing it this way because like they want. <laughs> They are celebrating an anniversary, a huge milestone. This isn't about making money. This is about them, like, giving back. Well, yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. But I, I'm just, I mean, I'm someone that's a little bit interested in uh, the game industry and how they do business and why they charge for certain things and not others. But I'm, I, I'm just not sure why they, uh, they're delivering so much content for free and having us pay for a character when they've never done that before instead of re- using an expansion model, which they have done successfully before. It's, it's interesting to me, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm hugely grateful as a fan that almost all of the Diablo 3 stuff is free. And I'm going to buy that Necromancer no matter what the price is. They haven't announced a price yet, and, but it'll, uh, it would have to be really bad for me to not get it. That's also the thing is they know they're going to get all of our money because all of us are going to buy that character. Yeah, but it's it it's strange to me that like Heroes of the Storm and Hearthstone make unbelievable amounts of money from cosmetic DLC and content de- and for, and content uh, microtransactions. They well, I, they make tons of money from microtransactions. Diablo three never had microtransactions, and they're suddenly doing one for the first time instead of doing a new expansion. Because I I thought. That we were definitely, I, I was very, uh, I'm not sure how certain I was, but I would have guessed that we were getting a Diablo three expansion announcement at this BlizzCon, and it didn't happen. And well, I, it was it was going to be four, or it was going to be an expansion. May I, 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 I think I think everybody can basically agree that they thought one or the other. Sure, yeah, and but instead it's neither, and they're doing they're trying something unusual and new, and. I don't think it's bad. I'm not disappointed. I'm just you sound little... disappointed. No, no, no. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm as. I'm not disappointed because I'm glad we're getting all of this, and I'm glad that a lot of it is free. I'm just. I'm just puzzled that they're doing it this way, and uh, I'm not sure how the community is going to react to character DLC, or I'm sorry, paid character DLC rather than a a paid expansion. And also, I mean, the Diablo the story in Diablo three isn't great, but I could, I do kind of want to see how it continues. They they mention a few things in uh, happening at, at uh, in in Act Five of the of the Diablo Three expansion. They mention a few locations in the world where there's activity going on, and I kind of want to see what's going on there. But but that's that that's a little silly. It's uh, speaking I, I, of story, 
I'm sorry. You're gonna sure. kill me for doing this. Oh no. Well, I, I, well, I mean, we are like a thousand miles apart, so it, it would be impressive. But let's see how, how I'll kill you. Um, so one of the really cool things about Overwatch is everybody kept talking about, are we going to see, uh, like some sort of TV show off of this? Um, because everybody likes the the short so much. Oh sure, okay. And they super tease that it might be in the works. Hmm. Oh, that's. Why, why would I kill you for that? That's that's interesting. Because we're talking about Diablo, and I keep getting <laughs> us sidetracked off of other stuff. I, I don't. I don't mind you getting sidetracked. I just don't like skipping ahead. Going revisiting back is better than skipping ahead. Because the, okay. if we skip ahead, we're likely to ignore stuff. But no, no that that, that is that is cool. I hadn't I hadn't heard of a uh, talk of our Overwatch cartoon. What's yeah, they they uh they kept pushing it when they had like the. Uh, the like round tables after the breakout sessions uh-huh. they went back to the moderators and right. they kept pushing on it and then finally they're like they did that whole like well we have nothing to announce this time but it would be really cool wouldn't it <laughs> it was like almost one of those like wink wink type of things and i was like so we are maybe getting this well i mean that's cool but also overwatch has been out for six months not even six months that, that's getting really ahead yeah. of yourself, doing an animated TV show yeah. for a game that's barely out. But for me, what I, I what I really liked off of that is uh, I've always really liked Diablo, but I felt like we we don't. I mean, it's not a story story type of game. No, it, it's it's not. But I um I'm attached to Diablo three enough and like the Diablo lore enough that I want more of it. And right, absolutely. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna track back what I said before. Um, I am a little disappointed because <laughs> I I wanted an expansion, and instead we're getting paid character DLC. I'm gonna buy that paid character DLC, and uh, um, I might complain about it a little bit, but I'll buy. I'm gonna buy it anyway. But it's not exactly what I wanted. But what I would really like um, is if the successes with Overwatch are able to pave the way for more content rich ways of interacting with some of these games oh yeah if they uh, if they added some kind of story mode to heroes of the storm i would play all of it even if it was super dumb because <laughs> the story mode in heroes of the storm is basically when you play the tutorial and rainer and uther uh <laughs> comment, so bad yeah they, they, they comment on how impossible and ridiculous this situation is for about 30 seconds and that's all the story you're getting <laughs> then then i think diablo ta- taunts you and uther tells you to shoot him yeah well, does that really not surprise you? No, and um, it's it's more than they needed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and that's I I've always really liked the aesthetic of Diablo. Um, and if if one of the byproducts of Overwatch being super successful and kind of becoming a TV show or whatever it becomes, um, or even if uh with Warcraft all of a sudden this next movie is fantastic so everybody freaks out about it <laughs> um it would be great to have something similar for Diablo I would not mind an explosion of Diablo popularity resulting in more Diablo for me to play that sounds great yeah yeah that's all I had and also I mean I think I mentioned this before but I'm not an FPS guy I don't play Overwatch but I think the designs in Overwatch are super cool and charming and likable like I, 
I, I know the cast fairly well just because I've seen the community react uh, react so positively with you know fan art and memes and comics and what and whatnot. And I cannot wait to get more D- Overwatch characters in Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> there's there's only two right now, Zarya and Tracer and Tracer. But I mean, the Overwatch designs are so good, and that game has such a uh, has such flavor to it that I I'm super impressed by it. And yeah. more, I I don't object to more Overwatch either, even though I'm not an Overwatch player. So we've kind of talked about everything. Was there any disappointments for you? Okay, putting the Diablo stuff aside because we've talked about that a little. Um, I'm a little disappointed we only got two hero announcements for Heroes of the Storm because last year we got three upcoming, plus the Chogall thing, uh, Chogall virus thing that was awesome. Plus the announcement of one f- uh, distant future one, so like like three plus a f- uh, a fourth upcoming and uh, a really cool promotion. And this time we only got two with a less cool promotion. And also, uh, you know, I I guess I was a little disappointed that uh, uh, there wasn't really any real time strategy. They they just they. <laughs> They didn't. There's no Warcraft four and no more Starcraft two like major releases. Just just uh, more patches and small amounts of content for arguably Blizzard's two original si- signature franchises. So I know it's stupid, but I actually got myself legitimately hyped for Warcraft four. Okay, that is a little stupid. Like that was my like throwaway like ha ha ha. Look at Josh. He's coming up with this stupid theory like. Be but really you, cool, but, but it's never gonna happen. But you were genuinely excited for the possibility. And I started thinking about it, and I was like, it actually kind of makes sense. Like this would be really, really cool. Like StarCraft, effectively in a lot of ways in the mainstream is dead. Like they could pull this off. Like that would be really exciting. Like everybody would freak out. It's a good anniversary like game to come out with. Like, and I I started thinking about it more and more. And I got super, super hyped for it. And then when I uh, they. Had, and we already talked about how disappointing the beginning was. I was like, they could have used that. People would have lost their mind. Yes, they would have lost their mind. Um, so that, and then oddly enough, the only other thing that was really disappointing for me is I sort of got excited for a new movie announcement. Oh, hmm, yeah, I I don't know if I was excited for a Warcraft two movie announcement because. Uh, I didn't I say I was I excited for the movie. I'm excited right. for the announcement. I, I mean, I, I wasn't sure if we were getting one or not, and also because I mean, the Warcraft movie came out earlier this year. Uh, but I, I was a little surprised that they didn't announce one because they seemed to set it up, as we mentioned earlier. Right. Yeah, they did such a good job hyping me up for it. I was like, all right, well, maybe next year. Um. <laughs> but yeah, that, that is, it's it's really minor quibbles at that point. Um. I, I could complain like you have multiple times about not getting free character or something. Um, yeah, so, I'm, I'm just, a little entitled there. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I am so entitled. I. <laughs> I if if I don't get something for free immediately, then I just immediately take to Twitter and Reddit and Tumblr and just complain until I get it for free, and it doesn't usually work out for me. Well, if you had yeah. a more respectable uh, Tumblr, maybe people would take you more seriously. I'm not so. sure. I'm not sure any Tumblr is respectable, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I may have been speaking with sarcasm, by the way. Maybe. But maybe. Maybe. Just a little, just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I think overall, I thought it was, I was overall happier with this than I thought I was going into. It, it seemed like it could be a very weak year. Um, I mean, you have 
Hero Storm, you're going to have, or sorry, Hearthstone, you're going to have more uh, cards. Heroes and Overwatch are going to be more characters. Nothing for World of Warcraft, nothing for StarCraft. And we were kind of, we assumed an expansion or a new Diablo, but we weren't really sure. Um, and it could have been a really ho-hum, boring, not exciting uh, BlizzCon. Mm-hmm. Um, we did get, I, a, but we did get a lot of Diablo stuff, and Diablo yeah. Diablo was a, almost a no show last year. So I'm glad that they, I'm glad Diablo is way better than last year. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, though, it, it turned out to be a, a solid, solid conference overall. Um, so I, I, I am happy with it. I'm also happy with it. And again, we, uh, I mean, we're recording this on the on the BlizzCon Friday, and we still have panels and esports and uh, and more stuff tomorrow and hope to suffer for through more hearthstone tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) hopefully none of this stuff tomorrow is so earth shattering that it's that we should have waited to record this but let's do another one oh i don't know about that (laughs) (laughs) but we've talked about it a lot already and uh yeah blizzcon exciting stuff yeah uh get excited in another year's time, you can hear us ramble about more Blizzard stuff for about an hour and a half. Um, seems like this is now officially an annual thing. Well, I mean, av- after it happens twice, it's then it's a pattern officially, right? Yeah, it's the annual Blizzard check-in with Retro Encounter. The annual Blizzard Encounter with Josh and Mike. Jolly, yep. Jolly Josh and Entitled Mike. Yep, that, that's... We should be a radio show. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> And only one of those descriptions is actually true. It's Mike's. <laughs> um, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> but <laughs> at, as always, we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, we we kind of mentioned this already. Last week was uh, Child of Light. Um, very shortly after this comes out, another Child of Light will be coming out. In, fact, in fact, it'll be exactly a week after this one comes out. Is more Whoa. Child of Light. <laughs> Imagine how that works. Um, but yeah, so a lot of really cool stuff coming. Um, and then with, to kind of celebrate BlizzCon in, what month are we in? November? Hey, it's November. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, be, we'll be playing in November, and those episodes will come out in December. But what are we playing, Josh? We're going to be playing Diablo 3. Uh, we had all <laughs> sorts of, we'll just say, issues picking a game and having people agree to play it. Um, so... We kind of figured to celebrate kind of Diablo 3 both being involved with BlizzCon and then also it being in the Essential 10 list. Um, kind of both of those are like together had enough justification for Mike and I to continue just speaking only good things about Blizzard and Diablo. Uh, we have a pretty cool schedule set up. We're going to cover it from Diablo 3 from the beginning. Um, run through all the acts, all the story, some characters. Um, I'm actually going to do a full playthrough on Hardcore instead of Ooh, just Ooh, that's regular... cool. Yeah, which I've never done before. Maybe I should um, do that too. I've, um, I haven't started the run I was planning on talking about for the podcast yet, so maybe I could try a Hardcore run. Yeah, yeah originally I... I thought of just kind of cheating and using my really ridiculously strong person and rolling through on easy <laughs> just to see everything. Um, but I, I figured having the Hardcore... And the extra stress of that would kind of, first of all, make the, an entertaining month, and then also um, have a little extra. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, uh, to the listeners that maybe aren't Diablo players, which I'm not sure there are any, but uh, hardcore Diablo runs mean uh, otherwise it's identical to a normal run. 
except if you die, you don't get to start over. You uh, that character's dead permanently and is represented by like a grave marker <laughs> in your character select screen. Yeah, it's uh like it's it's basically permadeath Diablo, and some some fans swear by hardcore mode, and some people like me have tried it a couple times, but in general are terrified of it. Yeah, I've never. Uh... I've no, I'm not somebody that believes in permadeath for the most part, <laughs> um, and I've never, I definitely never tried it on Diablo, so I, I think it'd be fun. Um, so yeah, get excited for that. That will be good. You'll, I'm sure, hear Mike talk about Diablo. I think our, I'm, I'm definitely going to be our normal time was usually about an hour to hour twenty. I think those episodes should run about four hours each. We'll see, but it, it does. Um, Diablo. I, I mean, I'm I'm an enthusiastic person that loves talking about games that I love, but Diablo is on the short list of just my my absolute favorites. So it's going to be uh, probably similar to the upcoming Final Fantasy VI episode, where I just gush for uh, hours and hours. But we'll we'll see how it turns out. So if you want to see Mike gush, make sure to watch those episodes. Phrasing, uh-huh. Josh. Phrasing. Come on. I, I know what I did. Okay. <sighs> You're so jolly. I am jolly. So be sure to check in next time to watch the jolly and the entitled. That's going to do it for us here at Retro Encounter. Thank you for listening. Bye, folks.